ain't paying my toes. I need one of these beats with one of these hard ass 808s. Hard ass bass lines, you know what I'm saying? Shit, I can just talk my shit on. Stop letting me get any more shit. Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast. <laughs> We're coming in with some heat today. <laughs> That's that uh, new Bow Wow Lamborghini um, Moss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it sounds pretty good for him. Off the fresh green light six, the heat, the fresh flames. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. Uh, episode fifty-five. Um, okay, right into it, man. We we're not gonna cover that much today. Just the important things. Um, first of all, which game you want to start with? Uh, let's talk about yesterday's game first. Okay, Bucks and Raptors. Um, the Bucks beat the Raptors by eight. Is it one? Yeah, one hundred eight to one hundred. Right. Um, fourth quarter surge. Uh, yeah. Book Lopez played amazing. <laughs> Stat wise, played amazing. Twenty nine and. The, how much? Uh, I want eleven rebounds. Twenty nine and eleven. Greek Freak twenty four and fourteen. Um, that's pretty much it. In Toronto, Kawhi had thirty one and nine. Marcus saw six and twelve. Kyle Lowry thirty and eight. Yep. A number a number of interesting things happened in this game. Okay. Uh, a Kawhi ran out of gas, and and I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying it. That's what it looked like happened to him. Okay. Uh, there was a ton of plays, and the biggest thing for me is when a player uses free throws or stoppages in play to rest his hands on his knees mm-hmm. consistently that's a sign that he's exhausted that's fair to say and to me you know he's been playing a, a ton of minutes throughout the playoffs for him mm-hmm. uh keep in mind they're coming off a, a you know an intense seven game series yep where in some of the games he was taking 30 to 40 shots Yep. Uh, and I think it just took a toll on him, man. And uh, he was kind of bothered by, you know, the Bucks athletes. Yeah, and during the game, <clears throat> I felt that it was uh, interesting that um, when Greek Freak was out of the game, oftentimes Nick Nurse kept Kawhi in. And, like, there was one point in the game where they were, like, staggering each other's time mm-hmm. instead of them being in the game at the same time, which I thought was weird that... When Greek Freak came out, I was like, okay, Kawhi needs to come out and get a break. But then Kawhi stayed in there for like the whole time with the right. second team. And the second team was actually, you know, working the Raptors at one point. Um, like usual, the second team has been really 
second scene from Milwaukee has been performing very well. Right. The whole playoffs. And, um, yeah, and they did wear Kawhi out. He played 42 minutes. And, you know, the difference to me, at least in game one, and I think Kawhi's going to have to adjust moving forward, mm-hmm. is he's he doesn't have a size advantage against every player like he did against Philly. Right. You know, these guys can move with him. You know, maybe not Ilya Sova, but Middleton can stay with him. Greek Freak can stay with him. I mean, I think George Hill could take the challenge, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Brogdon's a physical guy. Miritich is a heavy guy. Kawhi's really going to have to start making quicker moves because he really doesn't have a size advantage in this series. Yeah, and the mismatch, you know, you would think is Bledsoe, and really, you know, he has to play a certain way to really exploit Bledsoe as a mismatch. He really would have to post him up. Right. Uh, Bledsoe's not going for his handles, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, though. And, the, you know, everyone has been talking about the minutes that Ibaka played, the lack of minutes that Ibaka played, seeing that Lopez was, you know, <laughs> lighting them up in a way and um, spreading the floor. And they were using Gasol, and Gasol was kind of getting getting exposed by the yeah. floor spread. Yeah. Um, I heard that a lot by the analysts, but I didn't really, I didn't really take that as a big of a that big of a factor when I was watching the game I didn't really um I see that now but what do you think about that you know for me especially the shots he hit late Brooke Lopez yeah were just difficult clutch shots yeah he did hit two like really big shots. yeah he just I think two of the threes in the fourth quarter he just caught it coming like catching up on the fast break and just pulled up yeah the trailer and, right um he really wasn't shooting that good. Like people act like Brooke, like really took over. But no, but a lot of, all his finishes were like high degree of difficulty. They were, yeah. That's that's what you got to give him credit because. Oh, inside he played great. He played great inside. Right. He did. He had really clutch rebounds too. Yes. And the Raptors just did a terrible job rebounding. Other than that, because like there was times where it was four guys in the paint. And Miritich was just, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Bledsoe might have shot an air ball or yeah. like a brick, and no one got the ball for the Raptors. It just landed in Miritich's hands, and he got like a foul and one or whatever. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you felt the Bucks' length in this game. And it, yeah. it wasn't like a you know glaring difference. Uh, because I really don't think the Raptors are like that much smaller than them as a team. Yeah. But that that slight length advantage does create a difference. Oh yeah. And you know sure. they got beat on the boards, and it was only by like ten to fifteen rebounds, which you could live with. But mm-hmm. you felt the rebounds, like you said. And you and you have to you have to expect to get beat on the boards by the um, Bucks. Right. Mainly because Greek Freak. There's no one guarding him that can, like, you know, outlink him. Yes. And this is, like, Thon Maker or somebody. No one else is outlinking him on the boards. So, you know, you expect to get beat a little bit on the boards. But sometimes Toronto was just, they just weren't trying for rebounds sometimes. It was clear, like, it, they were outnumbering Milwaukee by a long shot in the paint. And they still weren't getting the rebounds. And that could be fatigue. It could be just, um... 
you know, they could have just not been thinking about it. The, you know, uh, mental blanks they had. Um, and also seemed like they were giving Milwaukee a lot of credit on the threes. Like, they were expecting some of the threes to go in that didn't go in. Yeah. And they got beat on the second chance points. Right. Um, I saw a lot of that, which I don't really get why that happens. But um, it just didn't seem like the Raptors were all the way there to me for most of the game, a lot of the game. I thought the unsung hero, and everybody was talking about Lopez. Uh, I know Bledsoe had that really nice 2-3 layup stretch that kind of gave them the momentum for pretty much the rest of the game, Mm -hmm. I felt like. But Brogdon, being able to space the floor, I thought made a huge difference. Yeah. Just, he was making, as soon as he hit a couple shots, he was able to make plays so much easier. He's a great defender, man. He's a smart player. Yeah. And that's him and Hill together. And I know Hill didn't have a great game, but he'll got a number of steals, a number of good passes. Like, they were making plays. Yeah, yeah. And for for the Raptors, you know, nobody was making plays. No, they weren't. And, and you know, Brogdon didn't take any bad shots either. He took some tough shots. <clears throat> you know, for someone to just be playing their second game, I was like, right. wow, he's taking that? But, and he, I mean, he didn't take shots, shots that, like, it felt like he couldn't really make. Right. And, and to me, well... Let me ask you this. What do you think this means for Toronto? What do you see in this now? Uh, Do you think this Um, was a a big loss? No, I'm not going to overanalyze this first game. Uh, Mm -hmm. To me, me the the Bucs had a little bit more energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the Raptors were honestly, you know, Siakam hits a couple more shots or Kawhi shoots a little bit better. You know, this is a whole different game. Yeah. So this wasn't like a blowout. This wasn't a lopsided victory where I'm like, damn, the Bucks are going to work them for the rest of the series. Right. Because you felt that once they, once the Bucks beat the Celtics in game two and three, it was like, that's it. Like, you already know it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. But in this case, <clears throat> to me, they can't get caught up of just playing through Kawhi. Right, And there has to be that balance, and we always talk about it with star players, like shooting the ball well. But in this game, I thought Kawhi just kind of held the ball early on. Yeah, you know, I haven't said it on here yet, but, um, I mean, I've said a lot of Kawhi hate things, but Kawhi takes a really long time to score when he plays one-on-one. Obviously, in the play, it's the play, but the plays take a long time for him to get the ball, too. A lot of times he takes, he goes through two or three screens, you know, um, down screen, back door, then he comes up top and gets the ball, and then he takes four more dribble moves to score a lot of times. He's not that like a go-to less than five seconds kind of scorer. That's just not his game. I'm not saying that he can't do it. He does it sometimes. He did but, it in game seven. Yeah, he did. Yeah, for sure. But for the most part, he does take a long time when he – when they do try to go through him, I, I think agree. they get less possessions as a team in the game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a contrast from last year because a lot of times, you know, DeRozan would take a while sometimes, but it, you know, in transition, DeRozan would go. He right. would go straight to the basket. And Kawhi doesn't do that often. Um, so I think they're adjusting 
um, to trying to not uh, go through Kawhi so much. They think because he was so hot in the last series that they can keep doing that. But the Bucks aren't that team. They're not the same team. Bucks are a much more complete team. For sure. <clears throat> and Budenholzer is a great coach. Like, he's not going to let one guy just destroy him. Yeah, and the Bucks can control the tempo of the game. Because no matter how long Kawhi takes on one end or the Raptors take on one end, the Bucks can still come back and score in six seconds. Yeah. And then, you know, they only took six seconds to score, and you're taking – you know, 45 seconds to get two shots off. And, you know, that, it's hard to win like that. The thing is, the Bucks really didn't play, like, fantastic. Right. That That's why I'm not overreacting to this game. Yeah, I, I'm not overreacting, but um, there needs to be some major changes for the, the Raptors. Or else, if the Bucks do play great, like we've seen them play great, it could be a blowout. If they... If, Raptors play the same as this, and the Milwaukee plays good, it would have been a blowout, too. But, obviously, we understand the Raptors can play a lot better than they did. Um, Kawhi could shoot a lot better. Ibaka can just play more. I mean, he could do something. I'm I'm not going to ignore, and I know they lost, but, uh, you know, Lowry did look like an all-star for the first time in his postseason career. Right, and... That's the best playoff game I've ever seen Lowry play. And what's the chances of it happening again? Right. That's the big question. That's the only reason why I think this is kind of a big loss. Because you had Lowry play phenomenal. And Milwaukee just played all right. And still beat you by almost 10. You know. Um, Chances are Lowry's not going to play phenomenal. Chances are Leonard is going to shoot better. Um, but you know Milwaukee, they might shoot better too. The first half, Milwaukee was missing a lot of open shots, right? Wide open ones. I mean, Middleton, he almost wasn't there for a lot of the game. Most of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he four for twelve, uh, one for six from three, and threes is their game, and they didn't shoot that well. Let's see what they shot from three. Um, Eleven for forty-four. Yeah, Toronto shot better from three as a team, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they were 15 for 42. They were 36%, and Milwaukee was 25%. So this was a game Toronto should have won, I think. Um, this was, I'm not saying that they can't win the next one because, you know, you never know, but this was one I think they should have taken advantage of and won. Um, but Milwaukee just, they played great that fourth quarter, man. I, I want you to um, go into what you were saying about Bledsoe. <sighs> go deeper. He, he, he was frustrating me, man. And I'm not going to roast him too bad because, you know, he's done this before. Right. And he's, at times, throughout these playoffs, he honestly has looked like the worst starting point guard. <laughs> right. It, it shocks me because... He he, kind of, <clears throat> when the game is not fast-paced, you could feel how uncomfortable he is out there. Mm-hmm. And his, his only real touches come from oftentimes having to bail the Bucks out. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why his only real half-court shot attempts come from isolations or end-of-shot clock, like, gotta get something off. It's all out of rhythm. I agree. 
Because he's not an awful shooter, but he has these games where he shoots like he's never hit a jump shot in his life. And, and like you said, his shots come in like weird, like there's three seconds left on the shot clock and we kick it out to Bledsoe. Like that's not, those aren't the shots he should be taking. Right. That's a, it, it frustrated me about LeBron for a number of years that he's a good, I think LeBron is a solid three-point shooter. But nobody can really shoot a good percentage when you're taking, like, isolation off the dribble shots. Right. If that's not your game, yeah. You're right. right. Like, and even if, you know, you he they make them from time to time, but they're never going to be great shooters in that regard. Yeah. Right. And these guys know what their game is. Mm-hmm. It's not like Bledsoe is Ben Simmons in his second, third year, doesn't know what to do out there because he can't shoot. Right. Bledsoe's been a 20-plus scorer in the league right? multiple times. And and at times, at times he plays so wild. He plays so out of rhythm with the rest of the team, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, and it, he's got to be better. And that's why I'm excited for the Bucks because, like you said, they didn't play that great. Right. Hill had zero. Ilyasova had seven. Connaughton had zero. And Bledsoe only had nine. I mean, think yeah, about Middleton, Hill. like you said. Yeah, Middleton only had 11. Think about how good Middleton, Hill, and Connaughton have been playing the rest of the playoffs. And they were, they were, uh, what, combined, combined 11. <laughs> and it was all Middleton. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was about to say, I was like, wait, am I missing? No, they had zero. Combined 11 <laughs> points. By three players who've played amazing the whole playoffs. And, and that's that's the big thing why I think the Bucks will win the series. Right, I and, agree. And I never really had a, a huge doubt in the Bucks winning this series going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Raptors showed me that they're capable of taking a game or two. Yeah, and let's look at the Raptors. This game, um, okay, Siakam will probably have more than 15. He won't shoot 6 of 20. Right. Gasol will probably play the same. Lowry surely won't have 30 again. Danny Green, he may get he may score one more bucket than just one. He'll hit one more three. Yeah, he'll probably have nine. Uh, Ibaka. You're not getting those six points from Norman Powell again, I can tell you that. No. Right. Van Vliet, that's, he's... That's been him the whole playoffs. <laughs> right. He's killing me, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Ibaka, mm, he'll probably play better defense. But the, for the most part, nothing is going to change off their, from their stats this game. Like, the biggest change will be how less Lowry scores. Yeah. They, or, they just got to create good. faster. They do, yeah. Lowry was the only one taking, you know, rhythm, uh, good looks out of the offense he was yeah and he was being aggressive and the, and the thing is watching Kawhi, i could see that the bucks were stopping some of the plays and it threw Kawhi off because Kawhi was like uh now i have to go one-on-one because that play didn't go out like it didn't develop right like they were stopping plays before they developed and then they had to you know create something spontaneous and that kind of is lowry's game spontaneous shots whether we say he's good at it or not, that is what he does. <laughs> Straight, spontaneous plays. Uh, and Lowry played good defense for the most part of the game. 
I hope he stays aggressive. Uh, obviously, I don't believe he'll he'll go seven of nine from three again. Um, but I, I hope he he continues to attack because that's the only chance they have to win any of these games. Yeah, and real quick back um, back to Bledsoe. Um, he really wasn't playing his game, and then as soon as he did start playing his game, they started pulling away. That was that was the craziest thing. Like that was. To me, that was the turning point of the game. Right. When he started, he had the two back-to-back layups, then he came and got a really, he drew a really good foul off a rebound. Then he had, like, a great assist under the basket or something. Mm-hmm. And and that was it. I mean, then the Bucks started taking over the rest of the game. Um. So, I agree with you, man. I don't know why Bledsoe doesn't, or why Budenholzer hasn't figured out how to get Bledsoe to, um, you know, play his game. I think Milwaukee would be pretty, I won't say unstoppable, but they'd be really, really, really hard to beat if Bledsoe was on his game every night. Only his game. Um, And I've been saying for the last week or so that they're the best team in the playoffs. And and they they showed it to me yesterday. Top to bottom, for sure. Right, because, you know, great teams, they win games where they don't play well. Yeah, they do. So. Against teams that didn't play bad. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the other game. <laughs> Trailblazers. Oh, my God. Game one. Game two will take place probably right after this podcast ends. But um, we'll talk about game one. What do you think? Is there much to say? Tyler... Okay, let just let me just paint a scenario for you. <laughs> okay. So so put your like coach coach thought process on for me. Uh-huh. So if you're coming into a game and <laughs> and the the opposing team's point guard is considered by the general public on the scouting report it says possibly greatest shooter of all time. <laughs> yeah. Are you letting him take shots? Is your game plan to allow him to shoot rhythm easy shots? Not 15 threes, that's for sure. Not the one who has every season three-point record. Like He has like six out of the top seven season three-point records. I'm not. I'm not letting him get 15 of them. It off. just. I. I honestly. I was in shock watching the game. Yeah. They were guarding him like he's fucking LeBron. Like, please stay on the perimeter. Beat us out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course he's gonna beat you from out there. Yeah, and and they were like anticipating the screens too much, maybe because like they were backing up because they thought the screen was gonna come. Right. And then he just shot it, <laughs> or then the screen would come, and then whoever was supposed to hedge wasn't like ready to canter did not hedge one time exactly and it makes me think that that was their game plan (laughs) for him not to hedge right and (laughs) that is just insanity i agree yeah he didn't hedge at all i was trying to figure out why is no one picking them up off every screen they're getting a jump shot it was just killing me i'm like dude like i would rather have canter come out and get killed then Cantor not come out, and Steph just shoots open shots. Right. I agree. Like, seriously, you're, 
they were they were making it seem like oh Cantor is so bad on defense, so we'd rather just not play defense. Yeah, I would much rather like allow a roll from Looney or Draymond than have a exactly know, open three for Steph for sure. If if the slip was there and like we couldn't get it, the roll, I'd, I'll take that. That's fine. It's two points versus three points. And I feel like Looney will miss a wide-open layup before Steph misses a wide-open three. <laughs> I don't and, know. It just Steph has proven that he could beat you from out there. And, he and did. it just did not make any sense to me how they were guarding him. And did you see that like, he got kind of salty after the game? Steph? Terry Stotts? Oh, Stotts? No. He, he got upset because you know, they asked him, like, it seemed like it was your plan to kind of back off. Uh, what did he say? And he basically was like, oh, well, did you see what happened in the other series? What did they do? Trap him? And how much did he score in the second half? 33? My guy, are you, <laughs> I know you're not... that? <laughs> I know you're not that bad of a coach to think we can either trap him or not guard him. Bro, I've, I've told you for years Terry Stotts needs to go. <laughs> I was sitting there like, dude, Brett Brown didn't make decisions this fucking stupid. Terry Styles needs to go, man. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> there's no logic in that. Right. And the reason why I've said for years Terry, that Terry Styles needs to go is because nothing is changing. Right. Like, they're doing the same thing they've done every single year. Like, it's stale. His leadership is stale. The plays are stale. His philosophy, his strategy is stale. Like, you know, you got to mix it up sometimes. Yeah. And and they're in this awful situation of, like, they've been going to the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. And what happens, people kind of, like, misinterpret how deep you go in the playoffs or how good of a season you had. Mm-hmm. The Blazers get exposed every playoff run. It's not always by the Warriors. It's by the Pelicans or by, you know, whoever else. But yeah. they get exposed every playoff run, whether it's in the first round, second round, or so far in the conference finals. The Warriors have beat them four out of the last six times, I think it is, or three out of the last five, something like that. And they're and because they have great leaders, especially in their backcourt. Yeah, they're going to continue to make playoff runs. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they, Lillard they have and McCollum, the best backcourt in the league. Right. Yeah. And they they find this like solid enough guys that could get you through the regular season. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, you have to adjust. You have to be different. You have to be able to overcome your own weaknesses. Have Have you ever played GM mode on Two K? Yeah. You know when they say we're about to play our rivals, would you like to change the game plan? <laughs> <laughs> Terry's thoughts always says no. I'm not changing the game plan. Every time. Oh my dude, he killed me, man. <laughs> Every time he plays, he does the same thing. And I like the first couple times it happened, I'm like, like okay, Cantor's like tripping, like he's got to be fucking like you know tripping out there. Mm-hmm. And he, nobody's getting mad at him. They just continue to let it happen, play after play. And at one point, I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure this is their game plan. Listen. If Portland does not get rid of Aminu this year, I might not watch any more Portland games. I'm serious. Aminu does nothing for them at all. Dude, Aminu could go. You could wave him 
If he doesn't have a good first half, get rid of him at halftime. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, their roster is so garbage that they play well, and it doesn't make them look any better. Like the the rest of the roster, and then Lillard and McCollum. Aminu, he has like he's had some great games this year, a couple, but he's he's still trash. Um, Hood, he has some great games, but you know it doesn't. He doesn't affect the game in any way other than points. Any other way. Nothing. Um, Turner, 16 minutes, 0 points, 5 rebounds. Come on, man. I don't I don't want that. I thought Collins, <clears throat> I thought I know Cantor got a double-double, but all pretty much it felt like all his turnovers led to warrior points. Yeah, the turnovers were just insane. Lillard was, was just turning the ball over left right. and right. He would drive like too deep and then like try to spin around in the air and just throw it to somebody. Like You're not LeBron, my guy. Yeah, and that works sometimes, but you know, the Warriors are just too good for that, clearly. And the thing is he was throwing it to guys who the Warriors really weren't even worried about. Like, okay, oh, kick yeah. it out to Aminu, cool. Uh, Harkless could get I, he could get seventeen every night. I don't give a shit. If I'm the Warriors, keep shooting. Yeah. Keep taking those shots. And and the Warriors are kind of fucking up rotations early on. Like, um, uh, Cantor had some assists out of the post on a couple plays. Harkless's first two threes got blocked. Bro, that one that, like, he tried to rise up and Draymond just swatted it. Dude, how are you 6'8"? In the left wing. I was like, dude, you should be ashamed of yourself. Is he 6'8"? He's six nine. Excuse me. How are you six nine and get your three pointer blocked by anyone? He shoots it like a fucking child from his chest. Yeah, he does, man. What? Yeah. That, that's why I'm. They have a Minu out there to like, and this kills me, man. Like, they they put these guys out there, and it's like because you're long and you could defend. You just you're gonna have to space the floor. Well, but coach, I can't really shoot. Well, you got to be out there to space the floor, so just take shots. They try to use Aminu like he's the poor man's Draymond, and it's, that's oh, not that's his game at joke. all. <laughs> that, that's, I feel like Draymond is the reason all these teams have someone like Aminu. Like Jeremy Grant does it. Yeah. Aminu. Um, uh, I mean, even P.J. Tucker, in a way, um, these undersized fours. That really probably should be threes, but are out there, you know. But let's be honest. And... Let's be honest. Those two names you just said, they play with like a high level of intensity. Oh yeah, they do. Aminu, unless he's locking up, which is only in situational plays. Yeah. He's out there doing nothing. And they both have way higher IQs than Aminu does. I mean, and Aminu's actually. been in the league for fucking how long? Yeah. And it, it comes it to, again back to coaching. You gotta know your personnel. I mean, it, if you if you got Aminu out there to space the floor, he's really not guarding anybody that well. You might as well play Jake Lehman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, Jake Lehman. Oh, and man, it, sh- and it shows. Trash. And it shows the how fucking.
thin this roster is. <laughs> Scowl of this year. He got in the game. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Scowl is... He's 6'11", 225. D-Wade was 6'4", 225. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm on. Uh, There's really not much to dude, say that game. I, I, beat the I got the breaking news, by the way. I just saw uh, Durant is not playing game two, three, or four. So we might be looking at a clean sweep in the Western Conference. I, I was going to say, I think they have a chance if Durant plays. <laughs> exactly Honestly. my point. <laughs> Lillard would take a... He'd have more energy on offense if Durant was playing. Exactly my point. Yeah. They could be getting... They could be looking at a clean sweep. All right. So, the draft lottery. (laughs) We're off that game. There's nothing to say, really. Yeah. If anyone who watched this clear, Warriors beat the crap out of the Trailblazers. Newsflash. That happens all the time. Um, Okay. So, draft lottery. What... What, remind me what pick the Wizards are getting. Nine. Okay. Um, Knicks got the third. Um, Pelicans got the first. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the. I I got the I got the first fifteen right here. All right, go ahead. So we got. Uh, let's go fifteen to one. Okay. Detroit got fifteen. Boston mm-hmm. got fourteen. Miami got 13, Charlotte got 12, Minnesota got 11, Atlanta got 10, Wizards got 9, Atlanta's back at 8, Chicago got (laughs) 7, Phoenix got 6, Cleveland got 5, Yep. The fucking Lakers got, got four. four. And then New, New York. York. Yeah. Got Memphis. three. And then we got Memphis at two and New Orleans at one. Okay. What is David Griffin doing to the lottery? How does he have five out of the last seven number one picks? How is that possible? Him alone. Well, there's something going on in the NBA. Bro, five out of the last seven? Something something is off. He gets the job for two weeks, and he gets the number one pick? Come on, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, it's hard to believe that that's coincidence. <sighs> okay, um... Is there anything, like, is there anything worth talking about? Zion, number one... They're gonna trade Anthony Davis, replace him I mean, with Zion. Perfect. It's it's tough to to really like get into what the Pelicans could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we'll we'll probably know more like in the next several weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially though that little stretch right after the finals end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're gonna get a better look at to what the options are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought Memphis got a nice nice position uh mm-hmm. and and they've already made it clear that they want morant they've already made it clear that they were looking to trade conley too coincidence right and and i think they could get a, a solid player for conley oh yeah uh and it's all about developing the guys they currently have they, they got to clean some things up like parsons shouldn't be on the roster 
getting paid whatever he's getting paid. Didn't he like demand to like? Didn't he refuse to play or something? He pulled a Kawhi and he's not good, so like people. I didn't mean, care. I, I don't know. <laughs> he he stays getting hurt, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy to me that some of these guys. They the go team. like years getting hurt routinely, and and teams don't give up on them. Yeah, like honestly, if a guy's hurt for three years in a row, dude, even if he comes back, what are you really getting from him when he comes back? You get a below average role player who gets you, who fakes you out by getting thirty once a season. Who are you talking about, Chandler sounds, Parsons? I was gonna say it sounds personal. Yeah, you're right. He played three. They got to clean some things up. They got to develop Jackson. uh, Yeah, he he had a good year. Right. They got to continue to find good minutes for him. And they just got to stick with the guys that some of the guys might not play well. Their team isn't garbage. Like, on paper, the team is all right. I mean, they're young and they're inexperienced, but they're not trash. And you get a talented point guard in there, I mean – Look at the uh, the Hawks. I know the yeah. Hawks, you know, they didn't win any games this past year. Yeah. But of all the garbage teams, they were by far the most interesting to watch. Oh yeah, they had, I mean they had the most exciting college player from last year. Right. And they had and they have probably the best upside out of all these other teams. I think so too. And then they have two picks. Right. Atlanta mm. Atlanta I would trade both happen. the picks, though. I, I'd say I, we have enough young guys. Get rid of the picks. You know, get get something for the picks. I can see that happen. A number of these teams, I feel like, should look to move their picks. Yeah, but Atlanta can give up two. It'll, it can get something. Right, that's true. I'd give up both those picks and Bazemore. I'm sick of Bazemore. <laughs> Bazemore has been in, on Atlanta just doing nothing for the last... Yeah, I mean, Huerta took his starting job as soon as he got there. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting to me because, like, some of these teams are, are kind of – they really counted on this draft to get better. New York, you mean? Just say it. Just just call us out. We're going to get no better for getting R.J. Barrett if that's what they're planning on getting. I hope, they, I hope they pull out a foreign – get a foreign out of nowhere – I don't want Barrett. Barrett's trash. Let the Lakers get Barrett. What about Reddish? No. <laughs> I want someone that's going to help us right now. <laughs> Reddish is not going to help yeah, us man, immediately. It's, I can't believe they got the first pick out of... To me, like, literally, they got the first pick after all the good players are gone. Because <laughs> there's only two good players? <laughs> right. I mean, there's two, yeah. like, surefire guys. Yeah, you know, there's. I mean, there's a number of other guys who have upside. Barrett, Reddish, uh, mm-hmm. the Garland guy. I'm hearing about. Yeah, from Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah, people like. I mean, people like uh, the Virginia guy, Hunter. Yeah, they, um, they, big they body. Can... He, he can hit shots. Um, people like Hachi. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to butcher his name, but Hachimura, the, the yeah Hachi from Gonzaga. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good athlete. Yeah, I think he could surprise people. If I mean, uh, Culliver was a guy, the Texas Tech guy, who was awful in the Final Four. But yeah, you know, being awful in two games, I'm not gonna just hate on him for forever for that. 
Yeah, and he might have a game that's suited for the league. Right, exactly. Know. We've seen it before. Yeah. You know, Paul George actually really wasn't that good in college. It yeah. Was, you know. But but to, there's two sure guys that are going to change franchises, and the Knicks got the first pick after that. Yeah. <laughs> that's is If that's not New York Knicks, I, I don't know what is, man. Coming up just short enough every time. Yeah. It really the kills Lakers... me that, like, you got these fucking sports, like Stephen A and, and like, Max to a, to a lesser extent. Uh-huh. Like, bro, they're really relying on Kevin Durant, who literally, in the last four years, all he's shown is that he's not loyal and he's really not a reliable guy. I, he showed to me he can't be the number one guy, in my opinion. And Kyrie Irving, one. who we, we talked about his problems. Right. They're just going to have a team with no leaders again. <laughs> to put, I mean, to think that, oh, we're just going to put these two guys together and it's just going to be... Uh, Madison Square Garden is going to be back in action. No. Like, yo, dude, that is the most delusional, idiotic like form of thinking I could imagine. Give me Kimba and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Forget Kyrie and Durant. I want Kimba. That's what I want. I want to win. Like if Portland and, and Portland is stuck in their own way in terms of like winning playoff games. Yeah. But like I said, Portland goes to the playoffs because they have great number one and number two guys. Yeah. You have good high character guys. You guys 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 who want to win. Guys who don't get drama off the court. Yeah. Guys who don't bitch at their teammates when they lose games. Mm-hmm. Their whole team has, you know, pretty much clean records. Right, man. And and New York is just is so desperate and it's so pathetic. <laughs> honestly. Like I don't even know how else to describe it. I agree. I don't want to talk about the Knicks anymore. Uh so the Lakers <laughs> they have more trade bait with the fourth pick, right? You think? Yeah, that, that'll be interesting for them. They're trading it, for sure. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with... I mean, the mock drafts say they're going to get Garland from Vanderbilt, who played like four games this year and got hurt. Um, But, I mean, what are you going to do with a point guard? You're investing all this time in a point guard you already have. You have a veteran championship winning other point guard you're gonna get another one to me to me reddish is a good pick for them oh i agree yeah uh and and reddish got some question marks in terms of like his motor he's he's almost got like a wiggins motor at times which is a really bad sign to be honest yeah but but off of skills i think of all the top guys that i i saw this year he actually has a chance to fit and contribute on the Lakers. Yeah, I think he's one of the guys that could find a spot on any team. Right. Just because he, how he plays, he's a good shooter. Yeah. And the thing is, Long, with his motor... athletic. With his motor, you have to take into account the other drama surrounding the team. He was kind of playing like third fiddle there. And, and that's hard when you're used to being a star and now, like, you know, a guy rips his shoe and he gets more news time than you do right like he's not even playing and that's tough it's tough when 
you're the guy who has to take the third amount of shots on the team. Because the games he did take the most shots, he always played well. He didn't really play bad in games where he needed to play good. But it was the games where everyone else was relying on the other guys. And then, like, he was supposed to be the backup plan. And he didn't. He never came through with the backup all the time. Yeah. Those are the games I saw his motor, like, be trash. Because, like, oh, Zion has to get 40 tonight. Uh, Barrett has to play great. He needs a near triple-double. And then they don't do that. And then everyone's like, well, Reddish didn't do anything. But, like, you know, that's tough on a college player. But yeah, I think it'll he needs help to figure it out. Because there's more possessions in the NBA. There's more possessions, So yeah. if, he's a, if he is aggressive and then confident, which is a tough thing to do as a rookie, yeah, especially when you're put on a team that has expectations, you know, yeah. they're misplaced, but they still have them. Yeah, it takes a it takes a good coach to get that out of the players to you know those guys to rise. And I'll be honest with you, Frank Vogel is much better at that than Ty fucking Lou. For sure, and kid, for sure. I really can't stand this like this notion that uh, Lakers players won't respect Frank Vogel. Are they saying that? I think somebody on FS1 said that shit. I what is just, there not to respect? That's, that's, immediately, I was just like, yo, if that's the thought process, who the fuck are these Lakers players who think they're entitled to not respect their coach? <laughs> let me let me ask you this. I'm going to leave LeBron just because, you know, he's his own thing. He's his own entity. Mm-hmm. And he deserves his own criticism for coaching problems. Right. But, yo, man, if these other fucking bombs are out here talking about, like, oh, we're not going to respect Frank Vogel, they should be gone. Let me ask you this about Ty Lue. Well, not just about Ty Lue. What's the most disrespectful thing you've ever seen in an NBA game? Ever? Um. Well, I, the moment you're thinking of is not my number one, but it's like two or three. It's top three. <laughs> He's been disrespected like top tier in history. Step yeah. over, and you went, and you're supposed to respect him over Vogel. Come on, man. Tyloo wasn't getting respected either. Vogel actually had to coach. Like, oh yeah, Tyloo has three years of experience. He has three years of being carried. I'm not even counting that as experience. Yeah. So it's it's just the Lakers are so fucking weird uh, that they have all these stupid problems. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the worst fucking player out of this top ten of guys. They're going to take the fucking, uh, who's, who's the guy I thought was old? Nasir Little, for example. Like the fucking North Carolina guy. Yeah. Big guy. Looks He's huge. Aminu. <laughs> Lakers going to fucking look at him and be like, oh man, if he could hit some, he hit some shots in the pre, uh, pre-draft workout. They'll take tackle fall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they'll take Taco oh, for sure. Man. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm with you. The Lakers are gonna make a mess, I think, but we'll see. They might. I think they're gonna trade it, so I'm not really worried. Yeah, that, about that's it. my thought too. I'd be surprised if they keep it. I don't think they have any reason to keep it. I think, you know, they have young players at all the positions that they could get anyway. You know, right. Um, so. 
Um, what else we got to talk about? Uh, just just for me personally, I'm interested to see who Cleveland gets. Who Cleveland gets? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because uh, I I don't think a, a lot of times when when the fucking experts in quotes mm-hmm. uh, assume that the draft is not deep, it turns out to have some like secretly good players. Mm-hmm. And I think so. I think one of these guys from four to like twelve. I think they're going to be a good player, man. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Okay. And if Cleveland, you know, I, I don't know who's going to be left, honestly. But I'm, I'm for some reason I'm looking at either Cleveland, Phoenix, or uh, Chicago as as stealing a player. I think. It would be nice if Chicago did. Chicago has a, lot, a really good young. Yeah, Chicago. A lot has of young pieces. Yeah. <laughs> what was the guy's um, Walter Lemon Jr. Oh, the D Rose clone. Who came out at the end of the season playing amazing? Yeah, literally played like MVP D Rose. He did, and he's from Chicago. Yeah. A number <laughs> of these guys, man. Like you, you just have to give them the opportunity. Yeah. Like some guys just need the games. Yeah. Like I I thought it was invaluable for a guy like Trey Young to play 80 games this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. it's just tough like it, and it's frustrating with some of these guys who get hurt and miss like months. Yeah. Cuz they honestly can't afford it. like Lonzo cannot afford to miss games. No, he can't. Um you, you know who's a really I think um Probably the top benefactor from opportunity is Brogdon. Like, Brogdon would not have played on a lot of teams in the league yeah. at all. And the Bucks gave him that chance, and he got minutes, and, you know, he was rookie of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams he would not have gotten the game at all. I agree. Cuban would not even put him on the court. Cuban's one of those guys who don't really play a lot of rookies. Um, the Spurs, they don't play a lot of rookies either. Um they might have they might have pulled off uh Brogdon, but some of these guys it really does just take the opportunity and the time. You know. JJ was a guy too who he was once he got the minutes, he started playing great. Right. He didn't get the minutes his first couple of years, but as soon as he got it, he's been a starter ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, man, and it's the draft is kind of soft because, you know, there's a, after like maybe the ninth pick, this starts getting these guys that I just don't know why anyone would pick up, like uh, um, Harrow from Tyler Hero from Kentucky. Yeah, like come on, man, top fifteen? No. I don't know what's going on with some of these guys. It's like some of these guys, like when you really analyze a guy almost completely off potential, mm-hmm. it's so dangerous. And and once every blue moon, a team like it gets lucky, and mm-hmm. a guy just translates to the league yeah. really well. But that's not the norm, man. A lot of these players who play well, they. They spent a number of years in school playing well in actual games. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And that's what they you got to take into account. ESPN has tied Jerome going 30th 
and Admiral Schofield going 33rd? <laughs> you think Ty Drum's going to be a better pro than Admiral? Uh, on any level? In any country? <laughs> Even if neither one of them make it to the league. I don't, they think, both I don't think Ty Jerome will ever touch an NBA floor. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's shocking to me that he's projected to be in the first round. Carson Edwards, 28th? I did not see 28 players better than Carson Edwards this year. I didn't. But, you know, it is it is what it is. He's... I mean, you got to keep in mind, up until the draft, there will probably be a couple of guys who move up. In terms of like you know what they look like in workouts and what they what they say to teams. Yeah, and the other thing is that the problem with the draft is not the problem with the draft, but the problem with making a mock draft is that the teams, like Brogdon for instance, they won't draft someone they don't they're not going to use sometimes. So you may think that um, a player is like perfect for the situation, like they have. This uh, guard from Virginia Tech, Alexander Walker, point guard going to the Celtics. Like, in reality, the Celtics probably, I mean, if they're going to keep Kyrie, Celtics probably aren't looking for a rookie point guard with Kyrie and Terry Rozier. Right. I mean, this, if I'm talking about last year, because obviously next year, neither one of them might be there. But, um, you know, these guys, you may think the player is better. But the team, they'll only pick someone that they're going to actually play. Um, so it is kind of tough to gauge sometimes. Uh, bowl, bowl to the heat at 13th. That's, that'll be interesting, 7-2. Is Bam Adebayo not that already? <laughs> I like Bam. He's good, yeah. But Whiteside is the, is the you know, wild card because... Whiteside demanded to tra- be traded a couple years ago. Remember that, and then, then his con- he didn't like his contract, and then um, they White, were trying to White trade him for everything I don't want out of a good basketball player. Right. So I don't think Whiteside will be there um, at the end of this coming season. So they might pick up Bull Bull. He's a he's like Thon Maker. He's got kinda. a lot of he's got a lot more skill than Thon Maker. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, as a rookie, I don't know how, he's, he's how to gauge. have to beef up, man. These, these thin seven footers, yeah, that like that aren't really quick. Yeah, they they can't survive, man. Mm-hmm. Unless they're cash from three, which which oftentimes they're not. Right, Charlotte Hornets. They got PJ Washington from Kentucky. <laughs> Even though they just got Bridges, who like does everything the same. Uh, you know, it's it's weird. The mock drafts are weird. Charlotte, when we when we preview them for next season, some yeah. some of those young guys are they're like they're gonna have to start either getting better or getting out of there. Yeah. Like how Monk many years are we letting just... Malik Monk develop? <laughs> we were about to say the exact same thing. Monk can't just be mediocre forever. Right. How many and years Cody are we Zeller... letting Dwayne Bacon develop? He's still there. Yes. Get him out of there. I mean, bro, like, you seriously have problems when your second best player was Jeremy Lamb. Right. Like Cody Zeller is the same he's been all this time, which is not good. 
It's, it amazes me the amount of money these guys make sometimes. Like, Cody Zeller makes $6 million a year. That's so crazy, man. I get it, though. It's whatever. Shout out to Tyler Zeller. I like Tyler Zeller better. $1.7 million. <laughs> All right. You got, any, you got anything else on the draft? Anything? Who do you want on the Wizards? Who do I want on the Wizards? Yeah. I mean, obviously, in... That you can possibly get. I mean, if, if Culver if Culver falls a couple spots, I wouldn't mind him. Okay. I, I like some of the things I saw from him. I know he sh- he mostly shot awful to me. He didn't just like play poorly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like look read into it too much, but uh, I like some of his game. We need a fucking wing who could, you know, give quality minutes. Right. I agree with that. Beal can't play 45 minutes No, a game. he can't. You're well, asking Beal to break down the same way Wall did. Well, the um, mock draft has Reddish at 8 to the Hawks, so maybe, you know. Reddish would be Hawks. great. If he fell to us, that would be really nice. Yeah, they have you guys getting the 6-9 forward out of some country I've never heard of. So. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that shit. <laughs> I'll never forgive Jan Vesely. (laughs) I'm watching. I'm every time I look at Clay Thompson, my first thought is I will never forgive Jan Vesely. Why? Because Clay Thompson was available. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. Right about that. Can you imagine Clay as a sixth man? My (laughs) God, unstoppable. Yeah, you're right. It would be crazy. And you could play Beal or him at the three. Like, that would be so wild. Yeah, they'd have the best. Wall would have all the shooting he need. They'd be the Splash Brothers. God. Damn, Aminu's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna, let's go so we can watch this game. Yeah, we'll um, be back uh, either this weekend or early next week. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um... Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I got a throwback. Um, DJ Khaled's album coming out tomorrow. So, obviously, there's going to be something fire on there. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. There better be. Yeah. It better be better than uh, the last one. (laughs) What was wrong with the last one? There's only two good songs. Well, they were mega, mega hits. They were. Uh, if, if you give me one mega hit, I'll be all right. This really isn't a throwback, but I just feel like hearing it. So we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Thank you for listening. Another one. Another one. Another one. We the best music. Music. Major key. Major key. DJ Khaled. I go on and on. Can't understand how I last so long. Had a superpowers last 223,000 hours, and it's cause I'm off of CC and I'm off the Hennessy. And like your boy from Compton said, you know, this dick ain't free. I got girls that I should have made pay for it, got girls that I should have made way for it. I got girls that I cancel a flight back home, stay another day for it. You got attitude on nine, yo, pussy on agua, yo, stomach on flat, flat, and yo. 
that's on what's that in? Yeah, I need it all right now. Last year I had drama, girl, not right now. I would never go and chat what we talking about. You the only one I know could fit it all in them. Man, I always wonder if you ask yourself, is it just me? Is it just me? Or is this sex so good I shouldn't have to fall for free? Uh, is it just me? Yeah, is it just me? Is this sex so good I shouldn't have to fuck for free? I know you working day and night to get a college degree. Bet nobody that you've been with even know you're free, right? You know you only do that with me, right? Yeah, double checking on you. You know I never put the pressure on you. You know that you make your own mind up. You know what it was when you signed up. Now you gotta run it up. I be out of words trying to sum it up. Girl, you throw it back like one love. Even let me slash on the tour bus. Yeah, I told her, her but she don't do enough. Even though you in the hood, I'm still pulling up. Dip, dip straight to your doorstep. This a real thing, can you feel the force yet? I always wonder if you ask yourself, is it just me? Is it just me? Is this sex so good I shouldn't have to fall for free? Uh, is it just me? Yeah, is it just me? Is this sex so good I shouldn't have to Another one, another one. They don't want me to have another anthem. So I made sure I got another anthem. Sweet the best over yo. Another one. Bless up.